Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda. Morning, Madeline Palmer filling in for Natasha Belling. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 2nd of August. Overseas first and Aussie swim star Carl Chalmers has admitted it's hard to enjoy the victory after claiming his third gold medal at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Chalmers stormed home in the 100-metre freestyle final amid an emotional week for the 24-year-old. He's spoken openly about the mental health impact of the media scrutiny surrounding his relationship with fellow swimmers Emma McKeon and Cody Simpson. I'm grateful that I was able to block it out enough to stand up and win tonight, but... I hope this is a learning point for everyone and, you know, where no one else has to go through what I've had to go through the last couple of days. That audio thanks to Seven and we'll have more Commonwealth Games results coming up in sport. Back home now, the Reserve Bank is expected to make history by inflicting a fourth consecutive increase to the cash rate in as many months. The RBA board is meeting today and economists are predicting it'll lift the rate by half a percentage point to a six-year high. Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool joins us now. And Scott, good morning. You're thinking it might end up at 3% soon. Madeline, good morning. That is unfortunately the bad news. And you're right, the RBA poised to raise rates for a fourth consecutive month, the first time since 1990. And the market, so the bond market is pricing these things out to about 3%, which means there is probably a decent amount more pain to come. The good news, if there is any from this, is it was actually higher. So the bond market now kind of expecting maybe the RBA is having an impact and it might reduce what we max- what we might pay at the maximum eventually. But unfortunately, there is more pain to come for householders, particularly those paying off a mortgage. And look, the Reserve Bank might have a good reason to keep lifting uh, with one inflation measure rising 1.2% in a single month. Yeah, this is pretty ugly. So the Melbourne Institute do their own price gauge. It's not the official one run by the ABS and the RBA won't necessarily use this as their core decision-making tool. But yeah, 1.2% in a single month. Now, you'd have to do the maths particularly challengingly to work out that gets us to something over 12% if you annualise it. Now, it's not going to get that bad, of course, uh, but energy prices were the main one. And we know we've been talking recently about the fact that gas prices continue to go up and we are likely to pay more for our energy bills down the pipe. So the RBA looking forward can see how this is going to continue to be a problem, as it already is in some of those uh, inflation gauges. But as time goes on, we'll unfortunately keep paying higher prices and that's going to keep the RBA, unfortunately, raising rates, as we said. Yeah, look, some bad news there, but... There looks like there might be some good news, though, Scott. There are signs, though, that rate rises are pushing house prices down. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so look, this is, I mean, this is one of those situations like there's good news and bad news, depending on who you are and where you are. If you're looking to sell a house, you want them to be as high as possible. If you're a first-home buyer looking to get into the housing market, you're happy for prices to come down. Perhaps overall, though, the big issue or the big opportunity is that it's starting to have an impact, which gives us a sign the RBA's activity is really impacting on the real economy. That's what we need to see. That's what they need to see. They're in a very difficult position. They want to slow the growth of the economy because that's what will hopefully tame inflation. If they do it too much, of course, they know they're going to tip us into recession. So they've got to, they've got to try and weave a very, very tight path between those two outcomes House prices falling is, I said, the first sign probably that we're seeing those rate rises really start to bite. The RBA wants to see it come down to household prices as well, fuel, food, all that kind of stuff. But as you rightly say, good news in the sense that the policy tools are starting to have that impact they're looking for. Yeah, look, big day in finance. Thanks so much, Scott. 
Thanks, Madeline. The Prime Minister claims the government is taking matters into its own hands when it comes to Australia's gas crisis. It follows a report from the Consumer Watchdog warning of a shortfall in supply by the end of next year. Anthony Albanese has told Channel 10 they do have a plan. We're going to take measures, including bring forward the trigger uh, to reform uh, the rules around the trigger as well to make sure that Australian gas can meet Australian needs. Experts have backed the plan to restrict exports, calling for a balanced market. Monash Professor Ariel Liebman says it's time to take back what is ours. We need to retain a sufficient amount that the um, market domestically is balanced at price levels that are um, reasonable and look after Australians' interests, business and residential, and um, reflect the fact that this is actually our gas. And a new report on lung cancer is being launched at Parliament House in Canberra this morning, calling for a national screening program. It could save 12,000 lives in the first 10 years. Lung Cancer Australia CEO Mark Brook says it's the nation's leading cause of cancer deaths. And that's 12,000 of our fellow Australians who will be spared the, uh, the diagnosis of lung cancer at a late stage. And if we can do that, we can really improve and turn around the quality of care. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To WA first, where the Premier is awaiting the verdict on the long-running legal battle with the leader of the United Australia Party, Clive Palmer. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has more from Perth. It's been more than three months since a federal court judge reserved his decision. But later today, Justice Michael Lee will deliver his long-awaited findings in the defamation trial between Clive Palmer and Mark McGowan. Mr Palmer sued the W. Premier over public comments in which he was called an enemy of the state. Mr McGowan launched a count claim with both of them seeking aggravated damages. When the trial concluded in April, the judge described them as political combatants and warned they could each receive a nominal sum of damages. To Queensland now, and as global oil prices continue to skyrocket, one of the country's most recognisable brands says it's been left with no choice but to pass on the cost to customers. Greyhound Australia's ticket prices have jumped between $3 to $10 this week, with the average punter sure to feel the pain. North Queensland reporter Adam Tullio has the details. First, it was your everyday iceberg lettuce. Now it's a simple bus fare, which may become unaffordable for many. In fact, the only place they're not rising is in the far north, with the state government agreeing to offset the cost to make remote communities accessible. That means for everyone else, ticket prices on Greyhound buses are are being hiked by 9.5%. It may not seem like much, but it has the tourism sector concerned that after years of lockdowns and border closures, they're yet another hurdle to tourism recovery. A provider like Greyhound, these sorts of services are really critical to enable people to get across, particularly regional Queensland and across the state from a tourism perspective for visitors. Queensland Tourism Industry Council CEO Brett Fraser there. The state's transport operator TransLink, which gives money to the company for some services, will not consider further subsidising the cost increases. It already pumps more than $11.5 million into making regional airline travel more affordable. We reached out to Greyhound Australia, but we never heard back. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. Let's return to the Commonwealth Games quickly and you've got an update on Carl Chalmers for us. 
Yes, good morning, Matty. That's right. He's a last-minute withdrawal from the 100-metre butterfly. Not a great surprise, but it does mean he won't compete uh, against Cody Simpson, so they avoid an awkward moment there. Still on the Commonwealth Games, and we've won our first gold medal in judo in 20 years. Tinker Easton is from Berry in New South Wales. She was trailing on the judges' scorecard late in her gold medal match. It admits she needed to pull out all the tricks to win. So I was falling behind in the middle and going into golden score that I have to refocus and get back into it or I was going to let the match slide so I switched that on and ended well. Uh, speaking to Seven there, as I mentioned, Kaylee McEwen has won another gold medal. She's taken out the 200 metre backstroke and we won more gold in cycling as well. We're just dripping in gold. We'll head to the NRL now and the NRL has issued a warning to all players about dangerous tackles. Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, to be honest, they could look at Tinker Easton uh, from this morning and maybe get some advice and some tips on how to tackle properly because she won with a hip drop tackle and Pat Carrigan is up at the judiciary tonight. For that reason, he's a tackle that ended the season of Tiger star Jackson Hastings and Nathan Cleary, of course, uh, copped a five-game ban for that spear tackle. Graeme Annesley is the head of football at the NRL and he says player safety must be protected. You know, players have got to make sure that they're not careless. They certainly have to make sure they're not reckless and any deliberate and intentional acts will be wiped out for a long time. And listening to some of the experts, they're predicting that Carrigan will also cop between a four to five game ban tonight at the judiciary. And we lastly head to the AFL, Brett, and a star Magpies midfielder won't return until the start of the final series. Yeah, Taylor Adams, their vice-captain, uh, had scans yesterday. He has a groin strain. Now, they're saying at this stage it's unlikely he'll play again uh, in the home and away season, but uh, fingers crossed he'll be back uh, by the time we reach the finals because uh, Collingwood has been the amazing story of this season, going from a team that lost their coach last year. Uh, they parted ways with Nathan Buckley. They brought uh, some new blood in in, in Craig McRae on their way to a top four finish in his first season. High performance manager Jared Wade says in terms of a return date for Taylor Adams, that hasn't been set. We'll just have to assess how that is closer as we get towards the end of the season and, and how he's functioning with regards to training and playing. Um, but at this stage, it looks like that's Taylor out for the end of the regular season. And the Pies have got the Ds this Friday night in an absolute blockbuster at the MCG. And a Tigers match winner Noah Cumberland is the round 20 rising star nominee after his five-goal effort against the Lions last weekend. We'll have to check out how he goes. Thanks so much, Brett. Thank you, Maddie. And what an incredible success story this is. Conjoined twins born with fused brains have been successfully separated following a 27-hour surgery. The three-year-old twins Bernardo and Arthur Lima underwent the marathon surgery in Rio de Janeiro involving 100 medics corresponding via virtual reality headsets. Following the procedure, the twins suffered high blood pressure and alarmingly high heart rates until they were reunited and were able to hold hands. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. And you can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Madeline Palmer. Thanks for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we'll see you tomorrow.